Time now for the Voice of the Land on the Big Play Network with your host, Kevin Arnold and Always Positive Jay. Welcome on in to an abbreviated version of the Voice of the Land. And yes, this is pre-recorded as well. We were not on yesterday. We wanted everyone to try to enjoy Game 5 of the NBA playoffs with the Cavs and Knicks. Well, that did not go so well, but we figure... We'll get into that here in just one second. We're going to do a couple segments tonight, not four. So it's just a half hour. That's all you got to hang out for. But we are so honored and privileged to be joined by a friend of our show, Ed Ruper. Of course, we had him on last year. Ed, are you official now with the uh, US Am Tour here in the Cleveland area? Uh, I am. I have been officially named the local director. The local director, of course, of the Cleveland District, part of the U.S. Amateur Golf Tour, and you know, we had a chance to get out last year with with the tour. We, you know, we try to do some interviews out there. I know, and I'm still trying to find time to learn how to how to play golf. But you know, I know you know the story already. This will be my last voice of land for a while because uh, a little one is on his way. Well, that's great to hear, and congratulations on that. Thank you, and uh, I'm hoping that uh, at some point down the line I have a little bit of time to learn the game of golf. But the main reason we have you on, of course, is you guys have an event coming up on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Tell us about the event and, and how people can possibly get involved. So we do have our first event of the year at Chippewa on Sunday. Uh, as a member of the tour, you're able to come out and sign up and register and play for that event. Uh, go to usamtour.com. Uh, you can see all the details about becoming a member. And uh, from there, you can register for Chippewa. We're, we're starting off about 1130. Uh, the weather's looking a little shaky for us, but I'm hoping it all comes through. At this point, uh, we have roughly 25 players signed up. Usually, And our deadline is actually tonight for the end of registration, so usually we'll get We'll get quite a few more players and hopefully we get up to uh, roughly 30, 32 players this time around. Well, I, again, we're, we're re- recording this show right now in this 30-minute edition of The Voice of Land. But as Peter, our producer extraordinaire, gets it up and, and puts this up later, whatever time you're seeing this, as long as it's on April 27th, make sure you got, go on over and get involved with the event. Ed, I got to ask you, what does the, the season schedule kind of look like? for you guys what's uh are you guys staying kind of local or is it is it looking at cleveland pittsburgh kind of that combination schedule this year well i I actually got a little variety so this year uh we're starting off with chippewa which is typically where we start out in april Uh, then in may we are uh, hosting the ohio major again which was avalon and squaw creek our pre-event is Kensington, which is in Canfield. And then the Cleveland, we have an event at uh, in May. Then in June, I have an event at Glen Eagles in Twinsburg. And then in July, beginning of July, I'm actually doing a shared event with Columbus. So we will be the Ashland Country Club in Columbus. And if you've never played there, <clears throat> come on out. That's a beautiful, beautiful course. Beautiful place. Then uh, the end of September, end of July, excuse me, we're going to be at Oak Shadows in New Philadelphia. We've visited there in the past. So that's a place to be. And then 
the beginning of August, we'll be wrapping up at Manakiki because this year our national championships a little earlier than usual. It's in August instead of September. It's out at Grand River, Oregon this year. So uh, come on out for the tour, qualify and go out to Grand River and have a great time out there in, in August. I mean, if any given point this summer, if we finally get time to ourselves, I mean, I'd love to go out to one of the events and if Kevin come with, which he's going to be even crazier busy than me with the new kid. But yeah, if we get a chance, I'd love to come out and do that again. That was a blast last last time we went out there. I'm happy to have you guys out as a guest to play and yeah, get the full experience if you want. Uh, but you're always welcome. You know that. And I mean, you you mentioned Manakiki. I mean, that's right around right around the corner for me. Pretty close to Peter. I know it's not as close to to Jay, but that might be. You know, kind of coming down towards the end of the end of the season, and I know that we're going to try to have you on a couple times throughout the the golf season here, Ed. But Manakiki might be a place to kind of look at because, hey, I wouldn't be too far from home, so anything happening with the little one at home, I wouldn't leave the wife for too long. And Jay, you just have to take the drive. That's all. Maybe I. So that's definitely one to look at. But like I said, Ed, we'll have you on as the, as the season goes. Great. Looking at just just golf in general, where where would you say that the game of golf is from amateur and professional level? I know we just just had the Masters and we're just kind of getting rolling with some of the bigger bigger tournaments on the professional side of things. Where would you say the game of golf is in April of 2023? Well, I can tell you on our on for our perspective, uh, it's very strong. We went over to 8,000 members now, and we're actually in a partnership with Golf Digest. Uh, so we're excited about that. That was recently announced in February. Uh, so we're hoping that we can use that partnership with Golf Digest and try to some of the golf courses that are on the top list for Ohio, uh, rated by Golf Digest and its members. So we're really excited about that. Overall, I still think golf is strong. Uh, you know, we can talk about live all we want, but I think the overall PGA is still pretty strong. I think the product is still uh, the, the one that you want to watch. And it was actually very exciting. I don't know about you guys, but I, I love the Masters. And I I didn't leave my TV from Sunday morning till Sunday night when it was over. So, you know, I'm, I was on the TV for 12 hours. And uh, I think it was great watching Kapka and Rom kind of duel it out you know, down the stretch. Now, if I'm correct, Rom is not in the live and Kafka is, correct? That's correct, yes. So, yeah, that was kind of, I, I remember them talking about that and saying how it was kind of neat that the two of them were going back and forth, more or less. Yeah, yeah and, and, you know, Kafka being in live, it was, you know, funny listening to some of you guys. It's like, you know, the press is making more of it than it really is. He goes, we see each other all the time. We live in the same neighborhood. We're still talking to each other. You guys act like we're we're fighting each other. That's not the case. So, hey, they're still friends. Just one went for the money. The other is going for a legacy. Just a difference in uh, philosophy. That's all. I think it helps the game of golf because rivalries always help. And if they can form some kind of PGA Tour rival with the Live Tour, I think that would be great for it. Like, you need a heel. You need a hero. And everyone's got to root for someone and want to root against someone. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's yep. fabulous for golf because, I mean, it's going to help 
because Tiger's on his way out, and he's he just drives the sport like no one ever has, pretty much. And right, they need something to replace when he's done and out for good. Now, just kind of switch gears a little bit. Did you guys have a chance to watch the full swing on Netflix? I have not yet. That is something I actually saw pop up. It, it, you know, as you know, it's been a bit of a crazy time. And we were, Jana and I are lining up some things to watch because we know that even though we won't sleep necessarily at normal hours, uh, <laughs> our little baby's going to sleep at some point. So there's going to, and we're going to have at least four weeks at home together. So we're definitely lining things up. That's one thing that, that definitely caught my eye. What, um, what can people expect from, because I know you've seen it at what, what, can you expect from that kind of what is the premise of that? I've heard people talk about it around the office, but um, haven't gotten the full grasp of the pre premise of that show. So it's basically the Netflix cameras were following the golf, some golfers behind the scenes on, on various uh, tournaments and activities. And interesting enough, some of the guys they follow are actually on live now. So this was pre-live when the news was starting to break. And Netflix did a pretty good job because they they tried to set it up as such that if you weren't a golfer, you know, they would explain to you what par means or what bogey means. And it, you just gotta get through that if you're a golfer and you understand the game and just get into the story stuff. So, you know, the, the Joel Dolman um, episode was really fun to watch. It's, it's exciting to see how much of a, uh, you know, kind of a, I don't want to say an everyman guy, but that's what he is, like an everyman guy golfer who can play uh, PGA golf. Uh, so it's already been renewed, if I understand it, for a second season. So if you get a chance, sure, take a look at that. And, and you don't have to binge watch it, but take a look at it and just get some uh, behind-the-scenes stories of these guys and some of the things they go to. And, and it, one of the episodes actually deals with Kapka when he went to live because, and I don't want to give any spoilers away, but I will, he, he he wasn't sure he could play at a top level anymore. He was he was so his health was so bad last year, uh, and, and that comes out during this specific documentary. And speaking of of Kepka, a question I wanted to get to while we, were, we while we were talking about the Masters, but it's interesting to hear that that kind of story from from behind the scenes, like him being that concerned about his health. Do you think that you know him coming back and being healthier now, so playing better golf? But do you think that comeback and playing just three rounds like they do in, in the format that they do and live played into him kind of dropping back a little bit to the field, allowing Rom to overtake him at the Masters? No, I don't think so. I mean, these guys have been doing this for a long time, and I don't think. The fact that he only plays three, you know, three um, rounds on live had anything to do with the conditioning of, of playing four rounds. I think it's just you guys have played the golf, you've watched golf. Sometimes you have it, sometimes you don't. And he just didn't have enough of it on Sunday. And Rom had more than enough to take, you know, overtake him. And I know Rob's Rom's been playing some of the best golf in oh, in the he, world. He has. I, I mean, just his name was the was the name talked about from the from the start of the from the start of the season. So it, I guess it shouldn't really surprise people that he was he was able to come back. Do you think he has a? Do you think Rom has a major run in him 
with how he's playing this this year? I would not be surprised. The answer is yes, because I would not be surprised if he doesn't win another major this year with the way that he's playing. The guy that surprised me was Phil Mickelson. Like, holy moly, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. I, I wonder, I mean, if, you know, obviously you see him and with his weight loss, I, I, I was actually a little concerned when I first saw it, thinking, man, he almost looked sick. But, you know, he says it's part of the conditioning he's doing now. And so he, he's just proving that age 52, he still has the game. And, uh, hey, you never know. He can make a run. At, at one of these courses. I mean, they're going to be in New York at Oak Hill in, in a few weeks. And who knows? That could definitely be some place that he could compete at. And he's always got that New York crowd behind him. So, again, I wouldn't help Phil out either. I mean, the guy is a hell of a player. He's had a hell of a career. He's a little overshadowed pretty much by running right alongside with Tiger Woods unfortunately for him, but he's yeah. always been one of the greatest golfers ever. Yeah, there's a lot of good players who, you know, you take Tiger out of the equation, uh, mm -hmm. could, have, could have really written their own legacy because of that, but Tiger being as dominant as he is, he, and, but at the same time, Tiger, doing what he's did, actually, I think is giving us the generation we have now, because they grew up watching him, and, mm -hmm. and you know, if you've, you've seen interviews with Justin Thomas, they said, hey, we, we want to take on Tiger because he's taught us that's what we need to do. And not that they're not afraid of him, but they're not afraid to go up against him. Do you think we'll ever see Tiger on the, uh, I guess, the senior tour? Because he's he's said in many interviews that when he's driving around in a cart, he's able to shoot, you know, 66, 65, and feels like himself because he doesn't have to walk the course. And, of course, on the senior tour – they are able to, you know, of course, go around in carts instead of having to walk the entire course. Do you think um, it's not something we ever thought about before, but do you think it's more realistic now that we see Tiger on that tour at some point? I, I would say without a doubt we will see him on that tour. And, of course, we yeah. see many of those guys come back to the, come back to the majors too. I mean, somebody that's, uh, uh, you know, a lot of those, some of those older guys – tend to make runs. Um, I don't know why the name is escaping me right now. Uh, Fred Couples is a name that comes to mind that's, you know, older in years, but seems, to, you know, he's always in the majors and seems to at least have a round or two where he puts his name out there. Yeah, well, he, he made the cut. He was the oldest. I think he was he set the record for the oldest player to make the cut at the Masters this year. I mean, how old was Jack when he won his last Masters? I believe Jack was 46, I think, in, in 1986 when he won that Masters. That's, that's I kind of wish they would just let him drive carts all the time, to be honest. Do you think that that would take away from the game if there was that option for at all levels, Ed? Yeah, I think it, I think it would because, you know, it is the game of golf, but it also is a game of endurance. And so – there is a physicality with it that, that happens. And I think that, yeah, that would take away if you allowed the, you know, the, we'll, we'll call it the, the younger, you know, the younger tour or even amateurs to, uh, you know, take carts everywhere or, you know, any, any time. Yeah. 
Well, Ed, it's always great to, to talk to you here on the show and talk golf because while I still need to learn how to actually execute playing the game, I understand it. I, you know, I probably will have to skip through some of that stuff you were talking about with the Netflix documentary because I know all this stuff. Can I actually do it? No, but I did get on the golf course last year and uh, got a, at least a taste of it and would love to, would love to continue to grow it and love that we've kind of built this friendship relationship partnership here on the voice land with you guys and the u.s amateur tour ed remind people one last time how they can get involved in the event coming up this weekend sure it's a usamtour.com uh, you'll be able to go on and register as a member of the tour and then you can register for the tournament if you do happen to hear this after the deadline that's okay my contact information is on the cleveland version of the website you can always reach out to me, and we can, we can still try to squeeze you in anytime. Well, that's right. USAmTour.com. Get registered. Get signed up for the tournament this week. And, again, if it's after, like Ed just said, if it's after the deadline, uh, Ed will get back to you, reach out to him with his contact information. It's how we got connected with Ed with his contact information, someone that gets back to you very, very well. Ed, thank you so much for coming on. We look forward to continuing to build and build our partnership with you and with USAM Tour moving forward. Thank you, guys. I, I really appreciate your support. And good, good luck, Kevin. Thank you so much, Ed. That is Ed Rupert, director of the Cleveland area US Amateur Tour. Always Positive Jay and myself, Kevin Arnold, will be back for our second and final segment where we will break down and probably drop the mic on the Cavs. We'll let them know on the other side. This is the Voice of Land on the Big Play Network. Are you looking for a career in manufacturing? Vector Technical has you covered. Vector Technical is a 28-year-old staffing firm that has partnered with some of the biggest and the best companies throughout Northeastern Ohio. The recruiters at Vector Technical will coach you through the entire job process and will help you land an opportunity that you are truly excited about. Vector does not add any additional fees and offers benefits as well as free online skills training through Penn Foster. To learn more, visit www.vectortechnicalinc.com and make sure to check out our job board to see a full list of our current opportunities and apply. Get your gear at voiceoftheland.com forward slash shop. Welcome back for the second and final time here tonight on The Voice Land. Of course, we are part of the Big Play family and forgot to mention at the top, but always want to thank our partner, our sponsor. That is Vector Technical. They'll get the right person in the right job the first time. I know I've said it a few times over the last few weeks, but some new jobs, new signs popped up outside of their office. Way to stop at uh, the local hardware store where their office is close to over in Willoughby, Ohio. And uh, we had to get some, uh, we had to get a blower for the yard stuff. And we had to get a weed whacker because, boy, the overgrown gardens that we have at this house that we moved into are just out of control. We had to stop and get some of that, but saw plenty of signs up, plenty of jobs available. So reach out to Vector Technical. I actually uh, retweeted quite a few of their listings they put out on uh, Twitter. So, yeah, so follow we'll... me. Go back on my feed. You'll find them. 
And if I have some time at home, I will go through our Twitter account as well and try to retweet those as they as they pop up. I'll try to be better at that and maybe try to help get the clips up while Jay, Peter, and whoever comes on to fill in over the next few weeks while I do go on paternity leave from the Voice of Lands. Uh, we'll, I'll try to. It actually do sounds it. like Andy Billman might be filling in for you for one of the shows. All right. Are there any other people that, or you want to kind of leave that for special? I'll surprise? leave that for next week to tell a lot. Drop that news. Okay. Also, notice okay. I have not confirmed a second one yet. <laughs> <laughs> I got options. I got options. I'm leaving them open. Yeah. Well, that's that's always good, and uh, I guess the Cavs will have options this off season on how they're going to get better and perform better at the biggest stage when the lights are brightest. And I know that there was a lot of uh, exit interviews today and a lot of comments made from the Cavs while they cleaned out their lockers today that did not shed any better of a light losing in five games to the New York Knicks. Did those comments make you feel worse? The one from, I'll tell you the one that made me feel worse, Jay, Jared Allen, saying the lights were the lights were probably too bright or something to that effect. Hasn't he played in the playoffs before? I believe so. I, so I, you know me, dude. I, I don't really even care what they say at those things, to be honest with you. So I, I'm just trying my best to not buy into it too much. It is a little alarming. I'm not going to lie. But I don't think it's the end of the world. Like People are like, oh, he's got to go. After that, he's got to go. Like, Who's going to play center? We don't even have a backup center right now. No, you're going to get Rolo to play. You're going to get Robin Lopez to play. Yeah, we want Robin Lopez out there. That's great. No. Uh, well, See, Jana, was, Jana was actually Kevin, calling for him to play yesterday because, he, I, I mean, he couldn't have done any worse. He couldn't have given any less of an effort out there to get on the boards. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, boy, did he make himself some money in that series because we made him look like a superstar rebounder. Not just an all-star rebounder, but a superstar rebounder. And it I'm gonna tell you why I think to no later too. I'm gonna tell you why I think he was made to look like a star and why, where our big mistakes were. But I want to hear you go off because I know it's killing you inside, my friend. I know you. I didn't get to watch the game, dude. I mean, it's probably why I'm not so mad today. I didn't get to watch it. All that crap with streaming and all that. I I went through hoops and everything to try to find it, and it just didn't work. And I got so frustrated, I gave up. My phone's going off left and right, and I'm like, well, maybe this is a good thing I don't see this. So today, I'm not I'm not as mad as everyone, and I actually see the light at the tunnel, and I can see the positive in all this. You know me. I got a silver lining out of this. I'm not presenting as mad as, mad as I was last night. Um, as you guys can see, I have a nice new Lionel Messi jersey, the official World Cup champion jersey for Argentina. It does have the three stars. I don't know if people are going to see that. that? Yeah, I see, see I like that. <laughs> I like that. I like that you remembered that, Jay. Um, yes, my it's a belated birthday gift. Really, my sister sent it out on time. But do we um, beat Tottenham today? No, we drew with Tottenham, I believe. I, I didn't watch the final seconds because I, I saw you guys were texting and, and starting the show because uh, there was a lot going on at work as well. But uh, we were we were up 2-0 in that game and somehow allowed Tottenham, who got beat handily by their last opponent. I don't even know who it was, but they got absolutely embarrassed at home the other day. And we just allowed them to come back into the match. 
Bruno Fernandez had a chance, hit it off the crossbar, just making me more frustrated on a sports side of things over the last 24 hours than I already was. Do you think tonight with the NFL draft starting is going to help? Hell no, because I do not care about the NFL draft. It's funny. Like I was just talking to my buddy at work. I'm like, I'm going to watch it. Cause I just like to watch the kids get their like jobs and stuff. Like it's, but I'm like, I'm zero invested whatsoever. I don't care what really happens. I kind of want to see where CJ Stroud goes and I want to see where Njigba goes. But I watch it just like it's like a show to me right this year. And we're normally like, I'm pumped all day. I probably read 40 or 50 mock drafts. And yeah, I, I haven't read one. Yeah, I don't even, I'm not going to recognize a single player. It'll probably be on in the background at home. Like I'm a sports fan. So of course I'm going to watch and I'm an Ohio State fan. I probably care about care about them more than I care about the Browns right now and from a uh, football standpoint. And I want to know where C.J. Stroud goes because it's been absolutely ridiculous how he's been drugged through the mud over the last few weeks just so that people can play this game of trying to position themselves to get a player or not get him, trying to tear him down. If he didn't score well on the aptitude test or whatever test they give him, oh, well. I was – I'm a – I would consider myself, and I don't. You guys know I don't talk about myself a lot, but I would tell you that I'm an intelligent, intellectual type person. I have smarts, whether that's uh, book smarts, street smarts, kind of a combination of all that. I was a terrible test taker, especially a test that you can study for, but not really. Just like like the ACT, the SAT, um, all of those proficiency tests that you had to take throughout your grade school life, like. Those bigger, more pressurized level tests, the test stress is real, people. Let me tell you, test stress is real. Is real. Um, easy enough for me to say, too. I Trust me, I am intelligent, but maybe the words don't come out that way. You didn't Jay, say you're a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, you said you were going to give the floor to me to start with the Cavs. And I don't know that I can scream and all of that if this would have been right after the game probably now we're doing this you know about 20 hours after the fact i've definitely I mean, calmed down and a lot of other things have happened and you know the the whole thing of having a baby here soon is that's always at the forefront of my mind so it kind of transitions where my focus is this is what i will say though i am absolutely disappointed frustrated angry at the effort that we saw last night on the home floor that did not represent who cleveland is we want we root for our sports teams to win here in cleveland but we also root for them to mimic and identify connect with what the blue collar city hardworking people that we are whoever we are like However we define ourselves as Cleveland, that's how we want our teams to be. We saw the exact opposite last night. We saw a team that had deer in a headlight looks all night long. Mitchell Robinson, we already mentioned him getting every single offensive rebound. Everything was going their way. They get down by seven. I don't know that they won a single quarter last night, did the Cavaliers, and it's just it – is, it is so frustrating to see that Evan Mobley, again, yes, a young player in his second year, 
We know he has talent, but he got obliterated. And then Obi Toppin came in, and they didn't miss a beat. Everyone was talking about, oh, Randall is out with an ankle injury. There's no way he's coming back in this. We better win this game. We should have won game one. We won game one. We should have came out with a better effort. We should have came out with more fight last night instead of the last six minutes of the ball game. Now, we always, we do cut clips, and we have someone. We do have uh, Donovan, one of our interns, to, to cut clips for us. I'm, this is our show. This isn't my show, so I'm not clamoring for just what I'm about to say because I know you guys are going to have a reaction to it, or Jay, you're going to have a reaction to what I'm about to say. But if there was ever a clip of us going back and forth or talking about something, this would be it right here. This angers me. This frustrates me because I care about a team that consistently enough makes us care and does enough good things overall to make us care year in and year out. Even if they have to break things down and rebuild, they have found a way to rebuild and get back to a contending level or a couple pieces away from that contending level. I care because they make us care. You can debate, you can, uh, you can criticize individual decisions that Kobe Altman makes or J.B. Bickerstaff makes or these players make. But overall, we have seen good progression from year to year. What you expect to see when you are rebuilding and getting back to that contending level. It is the same thing with the Cleveland Guardians. As frustrated as I am with their lack of ability for any sort of offense in this, in this season to start, Yes, it's April, but it's still frustrating and it's hard to watch through the pitch tracker, of course, because I can't watch the Guardians. That's another topic for another day. You know why I don't care about the draft and I don't care about the Browns right now and I'm not going to? It's not because I'm not a fan of the team. It's because they need to make me care. The Guardians and the Cavs make me care and they make me this passionate. I am apathetic to the Browns. So... If you just think that we should be throwing flowers at the Cavs because of what type of season they had, that is unacceptable. The expectations continue to evolve. They continue to change. And they do enough to make us care and keep us invested and know that their expectations are much higher. And what we saw in these playoffs is not good enough. I don't care how good the regular season was. I don't care about the 51 wins. It doesn't matter if you get punked minute by minute outside of one game in four of five games, you get absolutely punked from start to finish is absolutely atrocious and unacceptable. I, um, yeah, you're right. You're 100% right. Uh, was it. the season good? <laughs> yeah, the season was good. Was the postseason good? Not at all. It was terrible. It was so bad. Do I think that I've seen people go on the internet and say, they need to blow this up, fire this guy, trade this guy? No. God, you don't need to do that. That's overreaction. You're, I think people are very, like you said, we care. Like, we have expectations. We truly care. Yeah. And when you care, you're going to be mad. And that, that that's just human nature. What I saw, like, and what happened... 
I think the silver lining is if you will know next year is did this make them better for this or is this going to break them? There's, they're going to go one way or the other. Yeah, they're going to either get scared and be like, man, we ain't got it. Or they're going to go, I ain't never having that happen to me again. And I'm going to do everything I can do in the offseason to get better. It's happened to me one time. It's when I converted from hardball to softball. And I was playing hardball for all my childhood. Now I'm playing with people nothing but my age. And then that was over. Switched over to softball. And you would think it was easier. It was so much harder, Kevin. All I'm doing is hitting pop flies, pop flies. I'm playing with dudes that are 40 years old, 30 years old, or twice my size. I'm 18 years old, skinny as hell. I'm like, wow. Like, it was like they said, like, the lights were too bright for me. Do you think that, like, do you know what that felt like when I sucked for a whole year? Dude, that whole offseason, all I did is just go to batting cages day after day after day, changed my swing, did everything I could do. And that's what I hope happens to them that they do everything. I want to see Mobley work on his jumper, put some weight on in the offseason. Same with you, Alan. You clearly are getting bullied. You're undersized. When people keep calling him soft, it's bothering me, I guess. I think he's one because he's just one of the nicest people on the team. Did he give maximum effort? Probably not. But what I think what started this for him in the downfall is the lack of three-point shooting and spacing on this team. Every time Donovan Mitchell got the ball, they would guard him and load the paint. How hard is it to, when you load the paint and you're a center, you got extra dudes you're guarding trying to out-rebound. Clearly, it's going to make it harder for you. And I think it just got in his head, like, I just can't beat these guys. They're just constantly on me. I just, you know what I'm saying? Like, they got to become a mentally tougher team. And same on the offense. Like, that dude's getting offensive rebounds left and right. 70% of the New York offensive rebounds I heard were, because we were trapped, it was when we were trapping their guard. Yep. So what we need to do in this offseason is we got some self-evaluation from this team. Yeah, they got to look themselves in the mirror and be like, what can I do to be better? What can I do to prepare myself for next year for this offseason? Because the playoffs clearly were much harder than they thought it were going to be. They were not ready for it at all. Here's where I would somewhat disagree with you in terms of I've I'm not one to I'm not the one coming out here and saying or you know clamoring for guys to be fired or anything like that or or uh, screaming from the rooftops that the Cavs are soft, but I did see soft effort and it's it's good yeah, to be a nice like it, it's good to be a nice person, but if that translates to the floor, you can't be nice. Like soft like, to me when people say soft, that's when you're like ticky-tacky hurt and you're coming out the game and you're like, oh, I don't really feel like it. Like, that's soft. Like, Kawhi Leonard. Maximum effort. If you, it, it, it's kind of something how you define it, I guess. You know what I mean? It's a loose word. It's Right. Kawhi Leonard would be an example of soft in your you know, definition. I don't agree. That's, people keep getting on him. And all I'm hearing about is people that actually work out with him. When he's walking around, they say he looks like he's 60 years old with arthritis in his knees. Like, and J.J. Reddick just was saying how when he works out, he works out harder than anybody. Like, and people keep calling him soft. I'm like, he literally can't do it, you guys. He was hurt in game one, and then they hurt game two. So I, I don't like calling people soft that aren't soft in my, by my definition. The aesthetic, though, is not doesn't, – doesn't favor Kawhi Leonard with guys like – and I 
I hate to bring him up because I know he ends up being the exception to every single rule, but a guy like LeBron that, you know, as stupid as it was for him to go third person and say that the doctors, according to LeBron or whatever, like LeBron, the foot doctor says that he's good to play. He was supposed to have surgery on, on his foot with the plantar fasciitis and the issues that he was having supposed to have surgery. He's playing through it. There are other guys that are playing through it while this new age of basketball player, there's a lot of like buying into load management and to not even try to give it a go. And even Zion Williamson dunking in pregame warmups in those play playing games, but so they're there, not. That's the one I would, I would point out. That that's would, the guy. Okay. Then. All right. So I know where your level is. I would. I just, I mean, I used to say about the same thing about Kawhi. So I'm kind of defensive. It like recently I, read a lot of stuff about how hard he truly works and how, like how much pain he really is in. He's like Joe, how Joe Thomas was like, he wakes up and he's just walk around. He's an 80 year old man. And then he goes out and works out to try to get like game ready and stuff. And if someone's trying that hard and they're truly in pain, it's like, who are we to call him soft? You know what I mean? I know. But, but I did. we don't see what they're doing outside of what's on TV. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know. we just make assumptions, but this guy's not working. Hard. Like, we have no real idea unless you hear from people that have worked next to him. Yeah, I just, I just saw a lot of, from my definition of soft, I saw a lot of softness from this entire, this entire team and this entire yeah. organization. Well, the five by mentally soft and physically soft. I think you would, I would say they were immensely soft. Mentally soft because, again, to come out at home and lay an egg like that, um, the kind of effort that they brought from the start was atrocious and unacceptable. And you said that you, you don't care what these guys say. The fact, like, I care so much that I care what the Guardians say and I care what the Cavs say because they tend to – they've shown me enough on the playing surface to back up what they say. The Cavs took a Browns approach – to this playoffs because we heard everything we wanted to hear after these games and people taking accountability, but there was no reverse change in the mentality, in the approach, in the aggressiveness, in the intensity. And that comes from the coach that comes from the players that comes from the front office, not making any moves at the deadline. That doesn't look so good anymore. Hindsight's always 2020, but they are going to – there's going to be some hard decisions made. I am not calling for anybody to lose their job. But if people do and changes like that are made for the greater good and bigger steps are taken to take this team past the first round and contending towards the top of the Eastern Conference and actually fulfilling those expectations, I'm not going to be mad at it. I'm not calling for it. But it's not going to upset me. And that's that's hard to say. We don't want to call for people's jobs because we know what it's like trying to get jobs as just regular people. In sports, it's so easy for fans to overreact and call for people's jobs and do all of that. What I didn't like, Jay, with these overreactions, they were the same people that were that always throw flowers at the Browns, no matter what they do in the offseason. They continue to throw flowers at them. And yet we don't see a change in the result as much as they win the offseason. There is no change until they prove it on the field. I'm not going to believe that. And all these, these fans want to throw flowers. They're all excited about the NFL draft. 
I have no problem with that. That's all well and good. But if you're going to be excited about that and then try to turn back and then just because you get to be negative, you're going to be negative about a team that fell out when you probably didn't pay as much attention as you could actually admit you did to the team all year. I don't, I don't take validity in your clamors and your criticism of the team. You know how much I care. I know how much you care. I know how much Peter cares. When we do it, we do this and keep things real as real as we can. We're probably. I, I'm sorry if I came off make sound like I was making excuses for them too. No, like, that's I not. You, I was pissed. I promise no. you. Very because... disappointing in that effort, but. And we tell I people all the just time, Jay. They didn't have the horses, to be honest. We tell people but... all the time, Jay. We tend to agree, but we don't always have to agree. But we yeah. don't have to yell at each other that we disagree. I disagree with you in in how you're characterizing. But I understand why you're saying what you are because you care and you're you're telling exactly what you see. And I know that you have followed it the entire time. It is it's other people that you just you feel that you, they just got to get on the conversation because they get to be negative or something like that. You feel that lack of genuine talk here. It's always genuine, whether we agree or disagree. We're going to talk it through. We're going to respect and maybe agree to disagree, but we're going to respect and understand where the other person is coming from. And we welcome everyone else to join our conversations when we are live because we're willing to have those conversations, whether you agree with us or not. We'll try to understand where you're coming from so that we can better explain where we're coming from and kind of be on a much more equal plane for from the fact that, hey, you feel this way, I feel that way, but we both understand exactly why. We're probably way over, we're definitely way over for, for ask just you one two question. segments. All right, Jay. Do you think that this experience and this heartache will, like I said, make them work harder to be better, or do you think it'll break them or make them worse? Like, gotta be honest. like the Super Bowl loser always kind of like mm. sucks the next year, like that effect, or do you think they're going to be motivated by it? I got to be honest, I fear I, – I, I'll say this. I know that they are going to give maximum effort and, and try to improve. My fear is just what I've seen lately, and that is the, bright, the lights got way too bright for them, and they kind of dogged uh, tail between the legs, deer-in-a-headlight type look that never left, and even when they came home, where you should be comfortable and your crowd is going to get behind you and you know how passionate how Cleveland fans are. What? How do you get rid of that? You get rid of that by, hey, you know, these hard guys work, are saying man. hard work. LeBron you always uses. You put in the effort and you put in the time and you got it behind you, those lights start dimming for you. I'm telling you, I, I just have the weirdest feeling, Kevin. You know me, I'm freaking always positive, Jay, but I truly believe that this is going to be good for them. Like, I don't it know why. I'd rather, I'd rather lose the crappy way they did than go to game seven and lose by a buzzer, believe it or not. I think it'll be better for them. I think they need this pain. They need, they need some humble pie. It, they, need to, they need to react that way in the way that you're saying. I don't need this pain anymore. Like, I, I'm <laughs> sick and tired no, of dealing with this pain. I don't want the pain. So take your humble pie, use it 
as fuel and motivation the right way so that we don't, you and us, don't have to feel this pain again. Yes, you got to lose. In order to get there, you got to lose before you can win. I just am kind of over the loop. So, with that being said, that'll wrap things up. It's probably 45 minutes worth and only two, only one break in the middle. We thank our partner. We thank Vector Technical. Make sure you head on over to voiceland.com slash shop to get your Voice of Land gear. One final time for about three or four weeks. I am Kevin Arnold. That is always positive, Jay. Audio, our producer extraordinaire, Peter Tellup, somewhere in the stratosphere as whatever Jarvis was to Iron Man, audio is to the Voice of Land. We thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Again, for APJ. Kevin Earl, letting you all know, as I always do, don't let anyone ever tell you it's just a game. We truly love you all, 3,000, including my soon-to-be son, Lincoln. Jay, let the people know. We'll be here all week. Oh, we'll be here next Wednesday. Kevin will not. He'll be at home with that little baby Arnold. We'll and, be here with probably Andy Billman, it sounds like. And what, mes what's, what message will I send to my son as he grows up, Jay? Don't talk about it, baby Arnold. Be about it. That's right. And, of course, live life. All gas, no brakes. We truly love you all. 3,000, thank you so much, and thank you for all the well wishes, as my wife and I expect our first son. Until the next Voice of Land, and I am on, and until next Wednesday, this has been the Voice of Land right here on the Big Play Network.